Um, but we have special guests with us, Max Blumenthal, the award-winning journalist, as well as the editor-in-chief and founder of the independent investigative news website, The Gray Zone. He's also a best-selling author of several books, including Goliath, The 51-Day War, and The Management of Savagery. Please welcome back to the show, Max Blumenthal. Hi, Max. Good to see you, Jimmy. It's been a while. Max is also a hilarious stand-up comedian. Now, it's a, he's kind of a freak. Uh, and I... <laughs> And I'm, I mean that hundred percent. That I've never seen anything like it. You're, you, the if you're if if you become a, a success, successful comedian, meaning you become a professional comedian, you make a living. Usually, what happens is the first time you do stand up, it goes kind of okay, and then you eat it for a long time afterwards, right? So it's like it's like the God knows you need that first time to keep you, and then punishes you hard. Well, Max did really well his first time, and then he continues to do really well every time after that. It's a little annoying, but um, he's going to be on our show this Friday and Saturday in Baltimore at Magoobies. So Max will be opening the show, doing probably about 15 minutes of straight stand-up comedy. And if you haven't seen Max's stand-up comedy, it is just wick- it's wicked. That's that's how I would describe it. It is wicked. And it's hilarious. So this Friday and Saturday, go to jimmydoor.com. There's a link for tickets at Magoobies. And uh, we'd love to see you there. Uh, right, Max? Yeah, I got some a good warm-up set in at the United Nations Security Council. <laughs> oh, I caught that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. Nice work there. That's right. I tweeted that out. Congratulations on your uh, victorious appearance at the UN, uh, knocking Thanks. down all the bullshit talking points on this on the, the Ukraine war. That was very nicely done. Oh yeah, we should have covered it. I'm sorry. I, I should tough see, crowd. Uh, the U.S. <laughs> and a bunch of vassal states. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a. <laughs> I had a peanut gallery there with like the one Russian guy, and then you know nobody else seemed to like it very much. <laughs> Tough crowd so, at the U.S. Yeah, it was very grim. I saw you mix it up with that English diplomat. Oh yeah, Phipps, Mister yeah. Phipps. Not very diplomatic. No, no, you know, you challenge him slightly and he starts melting down and uh, attacking me as a uh, trust funded, Russian funded uh, evil doer, I guess. He's, he said I was a, a rich boy who took a mysterious trip to Moscow. <laughs> that's, that was his response. So. Well, if you were um, rich and you took it, why would you take a trip to Moscow? Exactly. I wouldn't need the. Why the, would you need Russian Moscow's money? money? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it was it was just a bizarre tweet that was compiling a bunch of neocon lies and rumors instead of responding to anything I said, any of the facts I deployed about US aid to Ukraine, US military aid to Ukraine, how it's escalating the conflict. And it really shows like the, there's really no point in British diplomacy. Like it's just a front for US and British military and imperial power and thomas phipps whoever this guy is could have been replaced with like a pair of rotten dentures or some discarded carton of haggis and there would be no difference at all in british foreign policy so when you're given that speech at the un how many like so you did have a few people on your side but did people heckle you at all or did they say stuff to you afterwards or they tried to cut you off 
Yeah, I mean, it usually falls to some tool of the U.S. to insult the speakers uh, if they're really? contravening the goals of the U.S. And it, the most vicious delegation towards me was Albania, which is one of the only countries in the world where George W. Bush is still popular. Oh, like, my God. You know, there and in, in uh, Kosovo, they have streets named after George W. Bush. Like he gets a hero's welcome when he comes to Tirana. And the, it was weird. The Albanian delegation is sitting next to the U.S. And the U.S. has so much staff. They have like 20 people. And I couldn't tell the difference between the U.S. staff and the Albanian staff. And when the Albanian guy was reading out this a litany of denunciations of me and my friend Che Bose, who also spoke uh, about the consequences of USAID Ukraine. It really felt like an American had read it. And the U.S. deputy ambassador was just sitting there smiling while he read it. Um, and uh, the Ukrainian ambassador is very nasty, too. He, he refers to Russia as uh, the Putin regime in the former seat of the Soviet Union. <laughs> and he just... <laughs> spews insults and he in had insulted a lot of previous guests but he kind of left me alone he was sitting right to my left and so if you see in my speech i'm uh, there's a section about ukrainian democracy or the lack thereof and i'm motioning to him and i was trying to get eye contact with him to ask him why he has for example jailed gonzalo lira who's a u.s citizen for simply criticizing the ukrainian war effort on his blog why he's facing 11 years in prison for that. What kind of democracy would do that? But he and his staff refused to even make eye contact with me. Then the French uh, ambassador on the verge of massive riots engulfing France mm -hmm. called me a so-called expert. And then uh, after the talk, I heard him speaking to the Russian ambassador and the Russian ambassador said, so you didn't like the experts who spoke today? And he said, actually, I wasn't even there to listen to them. So <laughs> it was like... It was interesting to see just how fake the whole thing was. Um, and then, you know, all the statements that were read out felt like they were from March 2022. Like they they hadn't really updated their analysis on the situation at all. And so how do you get an invitation to the UN? Uh, well, I was invited by one of the five permanent Security Council members uh, and I bet you can guess which one. It was the Russian delegation. Yeah, uh -huh. We had previously hosted the deputy ambassador, Dmitry Polyansky, on the eve of the Russian invasion of Ukraine just to get a Russian official on and say, what's your perspective on what's happening? Are you going to invade? What you know? What's really going on here? To present people with the other side. I think that's part of our job. And so I knew him, but uh, I was put forward uh, by my friend uh, Randy Credico, who is also a comedian uh, and a human rights activist, helped end the Rockefeller drug laws in New York. And he had been to... Uh, <laughs> he really did. I know, I know. It's just ironic. Anyway. It's funny, I guess. Anyway, he got he got to know uh, Polyansky because he wanted to... He went to the Donetsk People's Republic, which is this separatist republic that's been shelled by Ukraine since 2014, been in a civil war with Ukraine. And um, when, he, you know, in order to get permission to get in there, I think, you know, he just somehow came into contact with him. So that's how I, I got in there. Um, I just got an invitation. I, did, I met the Russian ambassador for like five minutes beforehand, had very little contact with them at all, actually. And then they just brought me in the room. And all of a sudden, this 
extremely uncomfortable chair was wheeled out for me and nameplates were put down. I got them right right here. <laughs> that was kind of amazing. They just put down nameplates and said, Max Blumenthal, talk. <laughs> and I was told I had 12 minutes and I went on for 12 minutes as fast as I can, like auctioneer style, tried to pack in as many facts as I could. And at the end of my 12 minutes, the chair of the meeting uh, scolded me for going over time. I think I went over time by 15 seconds. And the reception has been incredible, just an overwhelming reception uh, from around the world. It's been translated into Italian, Polish, Japanese, Spanish. It's gone viral in Spain. You know, the people in Spain have really felt the economic consequences of the sanctions on Russia and the proxy war. Their government's giving hundreds of millions in aid to Ukraine, and they have no voice there politically. So for them, it's kind of, uh, you know, what they tell me is, you know, finally someone at, at the UN spoke for us. And I think people around the world feel that right now. They're feeling the consequences much more severely in Europe. And that really makes me uh, feel like it was a mission accomplished. Yeah, it was well done. It was well received on my Twitter feed. I'll tell you that when I tweeted it out, people got a big reaction, a lot of views. People loved it. I think people are slowly waking up to what's happening in Ukraine, that it's another ridiculous Afghanistan upward transfer of wealth to the security state, international security state. And just as Julian Assange says, these wars aren't meant to be won. And you would think, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you would think like at such a high profile venue that if I said anything false, someone would have published something, you know, fact checking me to embarrass me. And I haven't seen that yet. And the whole um, speech was about all the corruption. Uh, most of it was about the corruption and how people in the Biden administration have skin in the game. So where are the corrections? Where are the fact checks? Uh, um, the new, I'm sure the New Republic will write a, a bogus <laughs> yeah. fact check on you. They just did on RFK and me and Glenn Greenwald. Yeah. And uh, maybe you, RFK, and Glenn Greenwald were the only people who read that piece because... Like I didn't no actually read it. <laughs> I, I, did, I read the headline on the Twitter, and I was like, well, it's nice they're putting my name in the headline. So that was nice. <laughs> but I didn't really read it. I saw some other uh, somebody else did a video about it, but I didn't watch that either. But who's gonna, who reads the New Republic? <laughs> Nobody. Their, their editor is a guy, Michael Tomaski, who I knew when I was, you know, writing from respect, you know, respectable media organizations that would never let me write for them anymore. And he is like a hagiographer of Hillary, Hillary Clinton. He followed her Senate campaign around as like the one embedded journalist. Oh, no kidding. And he, you know, he sees you as a, obviously he sees you as a threat along with RFK and Glenn Greenwald to the Democratic Party and to Joe Biden's reelection. And so my sense is that he's just getting these mercenaries out there to just constantly attack you guys. And it has no effect whatsoever. I mean, he's living in the past. I, the, the the idea that they still have the narrative is 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 hilarious right especially after i have you know over a million subscribers you have you get uh, millions of views every month and uh everybody on twitter now isn't censored so we get to so again i look the new york times new that new republic got ratioed to, to smithereens right i mean all those things that, that are now that getting was crazy piece. i mean that was david remnick he's another kind of uh you know, he is a partisan Democrat who is terrified of RFK splitting the electorate 
and what he he won't grapple with. Everything that RFK said was a conspiracy theory in that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a conspiracy theory to say that the COVID-19 vaccines didn't prevent transmission and that he knew it before the lying scientists would acknowledge it. That was like something they tried to embarrass RFK with. And what they refused to grapple with is everything that's happened since 2020. They And what that did to the Democratic Party base, yeah. where you have part of the base that's still there. And that's the laptop class. That's the people who think that, you know, it's good enough to have a candidate say, well, Trump and the Republicans are racist and fascist, and we'll just vote on that basis. We loved staying home during the lockdowns and ordering delivery. Uh, and then you have the people, a lot of the people who show up for your shows, Jimmy, and they're, they're all former Democrats or people who would be Democrats if the Democrats were That's right. actually economically progressive. And many of them bore the brunt of the pandemic. I mean, I met a lot of them at the Nashville show you did at Zany's. I met a former uh, airline employee who lost his job of over 15 years because he wouldn't take the shot. I mean, it's, it's the more blue collar Democrats who are uh, receptive to RFK's message including many uh, black Democrats who suffered heavily under the pandemic. 100%, yes. Public schools being shut down, the distance learning, what that did to black communities across the U.S. was devastating. And these um, stenographers for the Democratic political elite, they won't acknowledge any of that and, and, and that RFK's critique of the Democratic Party as the party of war, fear, and censorship actually falls on fertile soil within the Democratic Party base. And so they're going to pay the consequence for that. They're going to pay the cost for that in November. Uh, I think so. I'm going to certainly try to make them pay the price for it. And you're exactly right. The only people who don't care about how they were screwed over economically during COVID and lied to uh, are th my, my friends in Hollywood who are, you know, successful, who actually yeah. don't work with their hands. You know, they're writers or whatever, and they're, or they're on television. And, uh, or they sell lots of tickets to ring. They don't give a shit. They they just repeat the Democratic talking point because that's what makes them a good person. They they are unable to get past Republican bad Democrat good. They can't get past that. They don't understand the game that's being played. Even when the Democrats are anti free speech, pro censorship, warmongers who crush unions and crush railroad strikes. I mean, doesn't do, and and force people to take experimental medical treatments at the behest of big pharma, which is what that was. And now there's a there's a new. Did you? I don't know if you saw the new thing that came out about the different amounts of adverse events per batches. Like the there, there's a new study out of Denmark now showing that the initial batches had way bigger. Uh, adverse events than the most recent batches and so there's speculation that they changed the formulation now i don't i don't have can't say that that's true i'm not saying i'm saying people are speculating um oh you have well, i mean just anecdotally i know so many people who've been injured by their boosters uh and these are people who why would they have taken them many of them were healthy young people who just believed in the quote-unquote science and they they take it they take it like masochistically. They're like, well, I just you know did some treatments and acupuncture helped me a lot. And I'm like, aren't you angry? Aren't you furious? Like, but they're not. I know so many people who are lockdown leftists too. I mean, yes, many several who got injured, uh, suffered what they felt was long COVID, and now we're seeing that you know long COVID can be a consequence of these mRNA vaccines. They not only did they, you know, t 
take it like a champion. They went out and attacked other people for not taking it. So I don't, I don't necessarily need studies to tell me that the, the mandates and the, all the propaganda imposed on this country resulted in a lot of unnecessary injuries and people cannot be compensated for it. And so a lot of angry people are out there and RFK is giving them a voice. And I think, you know, if, if they want to just keep dismissing him as a conspiracy theorist, they're going to have to start d- dismissing a majority of Americans uh, because, who actually live in the real world. Yeah, that's right. The, the people in the news bubble in Hollywood, they actually don't live in the real world. And, but... The real world is not taking the boosters, right? So they're done with this, right? Even though they're being oh. told and they're not taking their bivalent flu shot. They're not taking this. And, and they're not jabbing up their two-year-olds against yeah. something that doesn't pose any threat to them. Uh, and it's, it's, it, and, and then, then you have the whole Ukraine thing that RFK is getting attacked on too. Uh, Americans are sick of throwing their money. That's right. To I mean, we, we, we published this audit this independent audit of Ukraine aid, mainly through USAID, but also through the Pentagon by Heather Kaiser, who is a former military intelligence officer who served in Iraq and Afghanistan, who is herself disgusted with this proxy war. There's been, never been an official audit. So she did it herself. Uh, me and Anya Parampil contributed. I mean, we found that millions of dollars are going to a, a TV station, a Ukrainian TV station in Toronto, a think tank in Poland that lobbies for Ukraine's NATO membership, a single uh, investment banker in Kiev. I mean, you, there are so many bizarre miscellaneous costs that we are paying for. And now we are paying for cluster munitions to be dumped on Ukrainian cities by Ukraine's military, as well as on the breakaway republics in the East, presumably. How many Americans really want to pay for that? Uh, it, it, it It's sort of something that a lot of uh, elite liberals who believe that they're actually bombing homophobia by attacking Putin or like bombing fascism, uh, they might believe in it, but most people would rather have uh, their money go to fix infrastructure and s- not have trains spilling chemicals in the middle of their towns every few weeks. Uh, they they might want to uh, have health care. I don't know. These kinds of things the Democratic Party should be talking about that used to be, I thought, core planks of the industrial era Democratic Party are completely gone now. And so RFK is just like, he's just hitting that sweet spot for so many people who used to be Democrats. You know, you you, you talk about the poll all the time, Jimmy, of former Democrats who watch Tucker Carlson. More, That's what... Well, the, not, not, the, only for, not only... Are they only, all conspiracy theorists? Right. Well, they're not. They're not even former, right? They're yeah, Democrats. Democrats. They're Democrats. They. 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 Um, more Democrats watch Tucker than in the demo than watch. Uh, what's her, what's her name? Rachel Maddow, and and that's why they had to get rid of him. The people. It wasn't because he was lying. It wasn't because he was spewing conspiracy theories. Sean Hannity. Everybody else is still safe as a sound over at Fox News. The only guy who got kicked off was the guy who started yeah. telling the truth about a lot of things that they don't want you to tell the truth about. One is Big Pharma. Two is the Ukraine war. And one of those is enough to get you kicked off. He did it on two of those. And then he told you the truth about January 6th. It was it was like he turned into the Jimmy Dore show. 
it was it was <laughs> I, i'm not kidding i'm like oh my god we should do a show together i mean we are super simpatico right now and tucker carlson is out doing john stewart and all those other people used to criticize him including me uh by a mile so uh it, it's 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 really amazing to see it's a it, it would be a real it would it would be a real uh you know inspiring story but the corporate media is never going to tell you that story the story they're going to tell you is that he's a failure because he got kicked off uh, but they won't tell you the truth for why he got kicked off he got kicked off for telling the truth that he didn't get kicked off because of dominion he was the one who told the truth about dominion he wasn't the one who got so that there's right. a, so anyway right. let's get to it i know you have a hard out so i want to cover a story with you this cluster bomb story does that sound fun let let's get it on uh Biden approved cluster munitions supply to Ukraine. So now we've covered this. I covered this when I was at the aggressive progressives at the Young Turks. And the United States was one of the last countries in the world. Not only did we still use cluster bombs, we, were, we manufactured them in the United States. There were good Christians who went to a cluster bomb factory and made cluster bombs and then went to church. <laughs> so... Uh, President Biden has approved the provision of U.S. cluster munitions. Now, I'll tell you why they're horrible in a second. For Ukraine, withdraw down of the weapons from Defense Department stocks to Defense Department stock. They are they have stocks of cluster munitions. These are considered a war crime in most of the world. Of course, not to the United States because we're even one dude. So, uh, <laughs> and the move which will bypass U.S. law, so they did actually end up passing a law that prohibited the production of cluster bombs or use of transfer of cluster munitions with a failure rate of more than 1%. So what does this mean? So cluster bombs fail at huge percentages. The accurate is between 10 and 30% of the time they fail, meaning that they're just laying around and then they go off years later and blow up a kid's leg or or kill him. And that's what usually happens. So that's why they cluster munitions actually kill civilians. They don't really are they not really used for military purposes. They end up killing civilians. And so that's what this is about. More than uh so but you know, not all not all bombs grow at the same pace. We need to give failing bombs a chance. I guess that's what this is about. Right? And by the way, we don't have to follow international laws when we're trying to have a fire sale of old weapons that we didn't get to kill anybody with yet. Don't you know how running a store works? Everything's got to go. Okay. More than 120 countries have joined a convention banning the use of cluster bombs as inhumane and indiscriminate because it's inhumane and it's indiscriminate, in large part because of high failure rates that litter the landscape with unexploded submissions, submunitions that endanger both friendly troops and civilians, often for decades, decades after the end of the conflict. Hey, look, kids, risk is part of life. Am I right? <laughs> And by the way, you're not a real liberal, Max, unless you support the distribution of unexploded bombs everywhere. You don't have to worry. It's not directly affecting you yet. What do you have to say about this, Max? Well, I, I am uh, not shocked at all, given that Ukraine has been deploying internationally banned pedal mines while the whole media looked away. 
in the breakaway republic of Donetsk in former eastern Ukraine. This has been well documented. And now we have a Human Rights Watch report, and this is from Human Rights Watch that is decidedly anti-Russia, showing that Ukraine has actually used cluster munitions in civilian areas that were controlled by the Russian military in eastern Ukraine, like the city of Izium, back in May 2022, and have killed Ukrainian civilians. Um, so we're told by Jake Sullivan, Jake Sullivan came out and made the announcement at a big press conference. He's the national security director for Biden. I call him Jake Sullivan. He <laughs> said, we got written assurances from Ukraine that they will not use these to harm any civilians. Uh -huh. And we believe those written assurances. <laughs> Why would Nazis and lie? And he said, it's not like they're going to be using, this is what he actually said. I mean, I'm just barely paraphrasing. They're not going to be using them in the Middle East. They're going to be using them in Ukraine. So why would they shell their own civilians? But they already have, they were doing this to supposedly dislodge the Russian military, but they were willing to dump cluster munitions on a built up urban area called Izium. And here's testimony by one of those civilians who witnessed these attacks to Human Rights Watch, uh, which sent observers in late 2022 to conduct these interviews. Um, this was in the village of Helinska in May 2022. Um, a man heard a cluster munition rocket strike and said, I heard my father screaming, I've been hit, I can't move. I ran back and saw that he'd fallen on his knees and couldn't move from the waist down, and there were many metal pieces in him, including one sticking out of his spine and another one in his chest. He had these small metal pellets lodged in his hands and legs. Um, the guy's father received medical treatment and died a month later. But this is just one of many, many casualties caused by the Ukrainian military, especially in the Donetsk and Lugansk republics that tried to break away after the U.S. backed coup in 2014. And we've seen thousands of people die there away from the gaze of the U.S. media. So none of this, what we're going to see is going to be horrifying, but none of it will be shocking to anyone who's been paying attention since 2014. And it will be whitewashed by the American media. Uh, the United States, Ukraine, and Russia, which is alleged to have used cluster bombs extensively in Ukraine, are not parties to the convention. Did you know that eight of NATO's 31 members, including the United States, haven't ratified the convention against cluster bombs? Yeah. So. In its la in its last publicly available estimate more than 20 years ago, the Pentagon assessed that artillery shells shell to have a dud rate of six percent, meaning that at least four of each of the 72 sub munitions each shell carries would remain unexploded across an area of approximately 22,500 square meters or roughly the size of four and a half football fields. So there's going to be four unexploded, for every 72, there's going to be four in every shell. Isn't that something? And that's going to be spread, it gets worse. A 2022 Congressional Research Service report to lawmakers noted significant discrepancies among failure rates estimates of cluster weapons in the U.S. arsenal, with some manufacturers claiming 2 to 5%, while mine clearance specialists reports 10 to 30%. So we are saying, no, they only fail. So that, that's what makes them dangerous is that they don't explode. So if they don't explode 10 to 30% of the time, that means 10 to 30% of the bombs are there laying around to blow up and kill civilians like Max just read to you 
from that uh, news report. There is no there is no waiver provision in the one percent limit Congress has placed on cluster munition dud rates. So they have they're breaking the law by doing this. the The law says you can't sell this munition if it has greater than a one percent fail rate. Well, it does. Right. They're admitting right. that it has. They're admitting it has two to six percent fail rate, but the real number is ten to thirty percent. So even their number says it's illegal what they're doing. Isn't that kind of stunning? That and how and no one's going to stand up and do anything, right, Max? Well, it's kind of it sound, sounds familiar. It kind of reminds me of how the COVID vaccines were tested, where there was like literally no control group, and then like the booster was tested without, without any uh, human trials. They can get whatever result they want if they need to uh, pass a certain threshold. And so even the New York Times, also not exactly a pro-Russian publication, has called out these phony Department of Defense numbers, which Jake Scullivan cited in his press conference. So only two to 3%, whereas Russia has a 30% fail rate. It's like our, our, our munitions are so superior to theirs. But the way they tested them was they would dump them like in an open field which is not how they're actually going to be applied. And according to the New York Times, the fail rate is at least closer to 15%. Um, and you would assume it would be higher if they're dumped in a built-up urban area. Maybe they get caught in between buildings or on trees. I mean, who knows where they're actually going to fall. But there are going to be thousands and thousands well, there are possibly millions of unexploded munitions. And again, we've received written assurances from Ukraine's uh, defense minister, Alexei Reznikov, that they will clean up all the munitions, unexploded munitions, once they, quote unquote, liberate these areas from the Russians, which may never happen. Uh, and Reznikov, by the way, uh, has referred to the cluster bombs as liberation weapons on his Twitter account. Oh, my God. So the waiver, so the fact that there's a law in the United States saying you can't do this if there's a failure rate of over 1% and it's 2 to 6%. To understand this requires math, and we gave up teaching math in this country in favor of sending munitions to Ukraine. So that's why that's happening. Um, Biden would bypass any, any law in Congress, according to a White House official, I mean, and that, and that treaty, drawing down the munitions from existing defense stocks under a rarely used provision of the Foreign Assistance Act, which allows the president to provide aid regardless of appropriations or arms export restrictions, as long as he determines that it's in the vital U.S. national security. So even though there's a law against Joe Biden doing this because it's a war crime, he still gets to do it because he's going to use this Foreign Assistance Act. Sounds very George Bushy of him. Doesn't it sound very George Bushy in him? Hey, maybe Bernie Sanders can come out against government for wasting our tax dollars on bombs that don't work well enough, because that's kind of where he's at now, because he's for this war. This is about working people in this country demanding better explosive products for their hard-earned money. <laughs> While Russia has used cluster munitions far more extensively, Ukraine has also allegedly deployed these weapons during the war. Well, Max just told you all about it. A new HRW report released Thursday said Ukrainian use caused numerous deaths and serious injuries to civilians in attacks in the city of Lizim and other locations in 2022. Ukraine has denied using cluster munitions. Oh, no kidding. Wow. 
there's Glenn Greenwald says cluster bombs are banned by a convention signed by more than 100 countries, including many NATO allies. Because of their huge civilian toll, their use has long been seen as a war crime, including by the United States when used by bad countries. Biden is now sending them to Ukraine. Uh, by the on the side note, bad countries is my favorite indie band. <laughs> Uh, so if the U.S. provides at least 100, here, listen to this math. So if the U.S. provides at least 100 cluster bombs, 100,000 cluster bombs, and each one has at least four duds, Ukraine will be littered with at least 400,000 unexploded bomblets. Wow. The goal of the U.S., of the U.S. role in this war is not to protect Ukraine or Ukrainians. It is to destroy Ukraine at the altar of the broader goal of weakening Russia, as we've done in Syria. These cluster bombs will kill Ukrainian civilians for years to come. We always arrive in a big fire truck, Americans, filled with napalm instead of water. That's what we're doing here again. We fight fire with fire. Who am I kidding? We fight everything with fire. Just like to see it burn because we're the Joker. We're the world's terrorists. Anyway, uh, fortunately for Biden, there's no anti-war left in the U.S. Congress to bother him about this. Absolutely none. They're all war pigs, from AOC to Bernie Sanders. There are few leftish commentators otherwise loyal to Democrats who are making some noise about it. But by and large, this will go forward without protest. And as a supporter of Biden's administration's policy, this woman, by the way, is a representative from, I think, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. She's the only one who's saying anything about it. She's opposing in strong as possible terms my absolute opposition to the U.S. transferring cluster munitions. Yeah. After I supported every other weapon system. That's right. George Galloway tweets out, Princess Die. The people's princess died in vain. Her successful campaign to ban cluster bombs has been overturned as Biden sends them to Ukraine. Anyone heard from her sons about it? Anybody heard from Elton John? How about that? Let's be clear. Cornell West came out, Max. Did you see this? He says, let's be clear. Cluster bombs are crimes against humanity, exclamation point. They disproportionately kill children and innocent people far long after they've dropped. Shame on President Biden for such revolting barbarity and shameless hypocrisy. Hashtag cluster bombs are war crimes. He's right about that. Good for him. And look at this piece of shit. Vidman on cluster munitions. He says, from a practical standpoint, the president did the right thing. What a piece of shit. From a practical standpoint. From a practical standpoint. From a moral standpoint, I can't really assess that because I'm a complete sociopath. Kidding. He then went on to say, they have footage of me doing terrible things. I was drunk. I thought that it was just a mirror over the bed. <laughs> and for those resistors who, <laughs> who still lionize Vidman... He's, he's hammering generations of our kids and other innocent civilians to strike at a geopolitical foe is the right thing to do. What a piece of... Uh, you want to see... Here's Senator Coons. You want to hear what he has to say about it? President Biden said that Ukraine's military is running out of ammunition, yeah. and that was a factor in his decision to greenlight providing cluster munitions. Do you think that morally justified his decision to do this? 
I do. This was a very hard decision. The president really- He does. He listened to all sides. He did does. you speak to him about it? I did not speak directly to him about this decision. I weighed in indirectly through folks in his core team, but bluntly- It's, cer it's certainly the more right thing to do than negotiate a peace deal. That's, that's for sure, right? I mean, he could negotiate, but that would be fascism. Here we go. <laughs> he looked at several different core factors. First, we are running out of 155 artillery munitions, mm -hmm. and they are burning through them at a remarkable rate, six to 8,000 a day. That's a million a year. We have a plan to bring back online the manufacturing of 155 shells wow. at scale, but that won't happen for months. They are at risk of losing this counteroffensive wow. if they run out of their shells. We have a large stockpile of 155 shells that are cluster munitions. Mm -hmm. It's the Ukrainians who are asking to be able yes. to use these on their own soil. Oh, yeah. They've committed to monitoring their use, to remediating them after the war. And frankly, they will be tactically helpful against dug-in Russian troops. We're going to torture people in a nice way. That's to believe me. Believe me. And we're going to use these war crime and cluster bombs. And we're going to monitor them whenever they kill a little kid or an old person or something. We're going to ignore it. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is real. This is, uh, I, I, these are people in suits sitting around. He says it's morally justified, that guy. Apparently the word moral has lost any meaning for the United States. These things are banned in 128 countries. How much lower can you get? Pretty low. Anyway, I, that's good enough. I, I can't do any more of this. This is depressing. Um, but we try to make jokes about cluster bombs. What other shows going to do that? Not many, right? <laughs> well, Max, I want to remind people that you're liberation gonna... weapons. They are liberation <laughs> weapons. Anything you like to say to to mop this up? Well, NATO's coming up. NATO's conference is coming up soon in Vilnius, Lithuania. It was supposed to be a victors' summit. They thought the counteroffensive would be triumphing right now and blasting through the Russian lines and hammering towards Crimea. That's not happening. It's looking more and more like final scene of the film downfall the german film about hitler and his crew in the bunker there might even be a few nazis there too uh and the cluster bombs are a sign of the cluster bomb transfers are a sign of desperation this is a desperate war effort now and rather than negotiate they have to escalate at every turn with more and more grisly effects as the negotiating position of NATO and its Ukrainian proxy actually worsens day by day. So where where is the NATO summit? It's in it's in Vilnius. Oh, okay. So is that different than what uh, the Young Turks go to? Remember Anna Kasparian? They go to a weapons summit. That's different, right? Well, this is in uh, this is in the capital of Lithuania, which is what Donald Rumsfeld during the Iraq War referred to as New Europe. Because these are the stooge former Soviet countries that will go along with any war that the U.S. wants. And their population is heavily propagandized against Russia. New laws are being passed to ban the Russian language. It's, it's very different than hosting it even in somewhere like Germany where the Munich Security Conference where Anna Kasparian interviewed Madeleine. Uh, we think it was worth it, Albright. Because yeah. in Germany, there is at least some pushback to this war. And you can actually see the far right party, the alternative for Deutschland, which is one of the one of only two parties in Germany that's actually resisting the push to continue this war is now the highest polling party, polling higher 
than the ruling uh, center-left socialist party, polling higher than the Greens, who are also in the coalition. This is the furthest of the far-right parties in Germany. So, I mean, we can just see the consequences playing out economically, politically. And so they're hosting NATO in the most, um, you know, the, the, the biggest vassal possible. They're not letting critical press in. Michael Tracy's press credentials were refused. He was uh, he covered NATO last year, but this year they're not letting him in. Um, so there's no point in us trying to get someone in there. But oh, it's okay. not going to be a pretty event for NATO. Uh, I would go if I could get in. But I don't no, think it'd be great if you could be trolling them or just at least asking some basic questions about how much longer this has to go on. You are you are Putin's body. That's what they would have said. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are Putin's body. That's what you I was have told. Bad car accidents tomorrow. When, <laughs> when I went to uh, when I went to the Freedom Forum in uh, Oslo, where they where they do the the Peace Prize, which you know is all bullshit yeah. now. But now they, I know uh, that Oslo is all full of shit, and that the Peace Prize is also corrupted, and so is any most human rights organizations are all full of shit. They were all corrupted by the war machine because they got money, baby. I don't know why they don't try to buy me because I would. I'm for sale. No one makes an offer. No one has made an offer. Okay, uh, <laughs> Max Blumenthal. Thanks. We'll see you Friday and Saturday. This Friday and Saturday at Magoobie's Comedy Club in Baltimore. It's actually in Tononium. Timonium, Timonium. I don't know what the name of it. That's yeah, the name that's of the, the racetrack is. Oh, okay. So go out there. We're gonna be at Magoobies. It's a beautiful club with a funny name. It and is. It is. I saw. I saw you play there. Yeah, I did. It's great. I was all the way in the back, so I just did this to get better seats. <laughs> well, we'll see. We got three shows: one Friday, two Saturdays. So we'll see how popular we are. <laughs> great. Okay, Max. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you later. All right. See you soon. Oh, I have to tell. I have to tell everybody, Max Blumenthal, before he leaves. I have to tell you that uh, you know the vaccine is safe and effective, and it will keep you from getting seriously ill or hospitalized. It's the greatest thing ever, and my heart swells with pride over the vaccine, not from the vaccine, but with pride. And that's why <laughs> my heart is swollen. Um, and so the vaccine is great, and if you say it doesn't work, that's a lie. And if you say that that I'm just I'm just correcting you. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Mac. <laughs> See you this weekend. Right. Okay, over to Steph. All right, thank you.